as we are reading the book of Genesis, and yesterday we heard of, of the uh, Ark of Noah, and today in our first reading we hear the, the covenant that God established with all humanity and with all creatures of this earth. It is an interesting concept of a covenant relationship, this type of covenant where God promises to do certain things to us, but he also expects certain things that we should do and how we are to live. But when I read this, this covenant relationship, it is interesting that uh, when God speaks to Noah and to his sons after the flood, see, I am now establishing my covenant with you and, you, and your descendants after you, and with every living creature that was with you, all the birds and the various tame and wild animals that were with you and came out of the ark. And I will establish my covenant with you that never again shall all bodily creatures be destroyed by the waters of a flood, and there shall not be another flood to devastate the earth. First of all, reason for the flood is evil, that rejection of God, destruction of one another, the violence, the hate which were, was pervasive prior to the flood, which brought, for, brought forth the flood itself, the cleansing, the flood that cleansed the earth of the evil, and reestablishing of this covenant means reestablishing of a relationship with God, the certain expectation that the Lord has from us. And those expectations are fairly clearly spelled out. And, and not only that, is that every creature, uh, which is not only us, but also every creature that, that is living here and existing on this earth. So first of all, that the certain things that the Lord did, God blessed Noah. So Noah received a special blessing from God. And he says, and be fertile, multiply, and fill the earth. But then he says, dread fear of you shall come upon all the animals of the earth and all the birds of the air, upon all the creatures that move about on the ground and all the fishes of the sea. Into your power they are delivered. So first of all, there's a, a relationship between us and creation. Creatures will be afraid of us. Yes, there are incidents where wild animals do kill, you know, once in a while we see when we're not exactly, uh, you know, uh, careful. But nonetheless, creatures seem to be separated from us. They don't want to engage in a battle with us. And there's the, uh, that, that type of a covenant whereby God protects human beings, all the creatures, even though they're much stronger than we are, and yet they have respect and fear of us. That's what the Lord says today in that book of Genesis. But then, the Lord continues, every creature that is alive shall be yours to eat. I give them all to you as I did green plants. Sometimes the, uh, the biblical interpretation is that in the Garden of Eden, we only receive the recommendation to eat only plants. And it's only after the, the Noahic covenant, that's when the Lord allowed all creatures to be part of our food. But then the Lord also says, only flesh with his lifeblood still in it you shall not eat, which means that the blood 
any animals you should not eat. That was a respect because the blood was always considered to be the life-giving gift of God, not ours. And, and so, so the limitation was placed on eating a type of food, especially when it comes to, you know, animal food. But if it's the lifeblood was still in it, we cannot eat. For your own lifeblood too, I will demand an accounting, which means that there's, there's certain things that we cannot do. We cannot kill one another. I will demand an accounting. From every animal, I will demand it. And from one man in regard to his fellow man, I will demand an accounting for human life. We cannot kill. And there's no, there's no, there's not even here um, any type of, of exception. We cannot, we don't have the right. I know the only right that we have is to protect ourselves if someone wants to, you know, to kill us. We have the right to protect ourselves. So that's the only thing, that's the only exception from the biblical literature. But then if anyone sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed, which means, you know, even though it doesn't say that, but eye for an eye, meaning that if somebody kills you, then the, 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 the demand will be that uh, of the same equal uh, condition. And then the final one is for in the image of God, has man been made. You were made, created an image of God and you have to be like God. You have to be and follow the, the divine prescripts for us. There's something that the um, people from Jewish rabbis, teachers, would instruct all those who used to come to, uh, to Jerusalem based on these noetic prescripts. And they would say, first of all, that you know, the Lord wants everyone to observe these prescripts, and one of them is first against the worship of idols. Anyone who would enter, enter Jerusalem, they could not worship idols. The second was against blasphemy, requiring to bless the name of God, and no one would blaspheme. The third one was against murder, to no one. It would be not only uh, uh, Responsible, but no one would commit this, this, this sin. The fourth one was against incense, incest and all uncleanliness. The fifth one was against theft and rapine. The sixth requiring the administration of justice. It means if one transgressed it, there will be administration of justice, any one of those prescripts. The seventh against eating the flesh with life, with blood. And, and so this was something that the Jewish people not only observe in Jerusalem and, its, and, the, and, the, and the land, promised land, but also expected all those who came and entered the, the, uh, the gates of, of Jerusalem to observe. These were the, the, the requirements. I think that we can say that, you know, based on, on this Noetic covenant, uh, this, this is something which um, all humanity is to observe, the certain things that we have to do. Because God has made us in his image and likeness, and God expects certain basic things from us. Later on, we know that, that under the Mosaic Covenant, under the Moses, we received the Ten Commandments, which was even greater clarification as to what we should do. 
And then finally, in Jesus, our one, the covenant that he established in blood when he gave his life for us, he perfected the commandments by adding not only the actual concrete, you know, material sin, but also spiritual sin. And so he has enhanced it for us because he wants us truly to be like God. To, we were made in his image and he wants us to, to follow the example and the, uh, the, uh, the, the heart of the Son of God. He wants us to be like God. We see that the uh, original, original instruction from the Lord were, you know, when we were in the Garden of Eden, there was a law of love, it was the predominant. And then the subsequent commandments were laws of, of fear. You should respect, you do not do this. And Jesus came to restore back again that the law of love is the most important. So we see the, you know, the, the original innocence, the sin, consequences of sin, destruction, the destructive nature of sin. And then, and finally, we have Jesus who comes and reverses by his offering of his whole life, uh, by accepting the blows of and the consequences of sin. And he restores back to that original beauty, but even more, he raises us to a higher level of being where the law of love is the only one because there's no other. Jesus knows, Jesus knows our human nature because he's God, son of God. And, and so he wants us to, to be like that. But we have to contend with human weakness, with human brokenness, and we see it every place. You know, that, that whole commandment against the, you know, taking of human life, we, we don't even respect that. You know, we don't respect, you know, in our world today, the violence, the war, the abortions, all these things, anything against life, eliminating those who are in any way uh, handicapped. We see it and we check in the womb already, making sure that if somebody is handicapped, we have to eliminate. You know, this is, this is how we respect the Lord, and this is why the consequences of sin are still with us, and they will be. See, this is the tragedy. We may not accept uh, God's commandments. We may actually consider even sin as something positive, something good, you know? But the problem with sin is that if we do not remain faithful to God, if we commit sin, Hopefully, it is only by weakness. But if we do so by intention because we desire benefits from it, whatever it is, the problem is that sin has consequences. And the sin has consequences, very destructive consequences. And so whether we are guilty of sin or not, because we may not even be aware of committing sin, the problem is the consequences of sin are real. And, and this is why, you know, in the 20th century, when we see how sin has kind of blown out of proportion, how people disregard God's commandments and we enter into 21st century, even worse. What, what the Lord has done is because on account of sin, where sin abounds, grace abounds the more. And so we have received the gift of the Divine Mercy Sunday, where the Lord says to us that the consequences of sin, whether they are people aware or not, that the Lord wants to remove them from us. Because from us. as you know, the consequences of sin, 
is a poison, is a destructive nature. And so by acts of love, acts of mercy, we undo them for each other by forgiveness, by spiritual and material and, and corporal works of mercy, we undo the consequences of sin. But the Lord says that he, with the rece reception of the Eucharist, with, with confession um, and rece receiving of the Eucharist on Divine Mercy Sunday, he wants to undo the consequences of our own sin. That's why we have to promote it. We have to you know, make sure that people know, know the, the great, the extraordinary gift that God gives to us with the with a, with a, with a, the reception of the Eucharist in a state of grace, and that is so powerful. Because the reason for it is that if we do not, because of the the the, uh, the uh, you know the, the spread of sin, what happens is the world itself and its and its and its uh, harmony is diminished, because the consequences of sin perdure, and they're within us and then within our society. We can't do it. God has to help us out. And it's only we can do it by works of love and mercy, by forgiving and taking care of one another. But the Lord says to us that he will take care of it if we are willing to, to follow him, if we will, are willing to listen to him and believe in him, that he's able to do that. It's very, very powerful, very important for us to remember the importance of Divine Mercy Sunday, which is actually going to confession during the time of Easter season and receiving the Eucharist in a state of grace. The, the gospel today is, is very clear in many ways. You know, here, here the Lord is, is going to, to the Caesarea Philippi, and on the way, he asked the question, who do people say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And so the, the disciples say, well, you know, some people consider you to be like a prophet, John the Baptist, Elijah, all those. And yet the Lord says, but who do you say that I am? Who is Jesus for us? Who is the Lord for us? Is he truly my personal redeemer, friend, the one who gave up his life for me? Is he the one that I believe and trust? Is he the one that I listen to? Is he the one that, 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 uh, that is able to, to offer me extraordinary things because he promises, because he, you know, the Lord promises and he's true to his promise? Or do we, like Peter, have a concept? Yes, God revealed to him that he is the Messiah. And yet when Jesus says, the Son of Man has to suffer and die and be rejected, and, and on the third day you rise again, Peter doesn't hear this. Peter has his own concept of who Jesus should be. And so he tells him, no, 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 this is not what God wants for you. And yet Jesus says to him, is your thinking like, like a man, like a human being? Your, your whole worldview of how it should be, who the Messiah should be. And you're thinking like Satan wants to separate you from God. And so, so this is it's a great warning here. Peter is rebuking Jesus, the Son of God. This is not how it should be. And why? Because there's one thing, Peter doesn't want him to be rejected, to suffer, you know, to, to be crucified. He considers that as, as evil. And then the Lord is, is telling us today, do we accept Jesus as the one who has suffered, who died for us, who offered his life? Do we accept also his invitation that we likewise follow him?
that we don't, we're not afraid of, of rejections, of suffering, of physical suffering, because when we unite ourselves with him, it has a redemptive value, appreciating, you know, the, the struggle. Anyone who loves somebody else will have to suffer because they want to protect that person, they want to help that person, they want to stretch themselves for that person. So, the, so that this is what Jesus did. So therefore, fear cannot be the controlling element, fear of pain or suffering or, or, or you know, how much I have to put up with somebody. That can be the consideration. The only consideration should be, no, because out of love, just as Jesus did for us, we are to do it for out of love for someone else. And so therefore, suffering cannot be something that we just kind of fear, reject, and, and no, no, the Lord is inviting us, share in my suffering, and you'll share in my joys. To the degree that you share in my suffering, to that degree you'll share in my glory. So the Lord is really wish, wishing and asking us not to be afraid, not to be afraid of being stretched, of being hurt, or even, you know, even carry, um, you know, uh, sufferings for others. Because if we unite our suffering with, with, uh, with the Lord, it has redemptive value, redemptive value. I know there are many innocent people who carry uh, lots of wounds from others who have just disregarded them. There's many, those who have received a, a rough you know, deal from others uh, in their innocence. And yet the Lord says, don't be afraid. If you unite that suffering with me, you will receive the redemptive grace. You're sharing that redemption. And you can offer it even for others, for family members who, who are kind of lost, or the loved ones of this world, which is filled with, with people who seem to have forgot not only God, but disregard his ways. And then they bring upon all humanity great sufferings. How much sufferings are brought on by, by, by people who disregard human life. May the Lord then today, as both as we hear the covenant that is established with, the, with Noah, God wishing to not only bless us, but he wants to give us a beautiful sign, the rainbow, the sign of that he will never destroy the earth again by, by waters, by flood. He wants to give the beautiful sign of rainbow, even the, the sign is kind of stolen by, by others in culture today for other purposes, but the rainbow is a, is a relationship uh, of love between God and us, who wants us to be truly people who know who the Lord is and how great is his love for us, how much he cares for us. And then, of course, we have the covenant that we celebrate at this very moment, the covenant of Jesus Christ, the covenant in his blood, the new, new covenant established that we will be children of God. And this is what we celebrate every time we gather for the Eucharist, the covenant of Jesus, that he promises us that those who follow him, those who believe in him, those who accept him, he will give the fullness of life and glory. And he will make us to be like himself, sons and daughters of God, sharing in the joys of all eternity and happiness. That's why we gather here. We listen to his voice. We're nourished by, by his body and blood so that we may have life, life to the fullest, a life that will never end, life filled with happiness and joy for all eternity. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, 
prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.